This is Circulating Ideas, episode 202. My name is Steve Thomas, and my guests today are Gene Ambaum and Willow Payne, creators of Library Comic. Circulating Ideas is brought to you with support from Syndetics Unbound and from listeners just like you. Find out how you can help support the show by going to circulatingideas.com slash support. Today's episode is brought to you by Syndetics Unbound from ProQuest and Library Thing. Syndetics Unbound helps public and academic libraries enrich their catalogs and discovery systems with high-interest elements, including cover images, summaries, author profiles, similar books, reviews, and more. Syndetics Unbound encourages serendipitous discovery and higher collection usage, and was awarded Platinum Distinction in the Library Works 2021 Modern Library Awards. To learn more about Syndetics Unbound, visit syndetics.com. That's S-Y-N-D-E-T-I-C-S dot com. While there, be sure to visit the Syndetics Unbound blog for news and analysis, including a breakdown of libraries' top titles and other stories of interest to the library community. Again, that's syndetics.com to learn more about today's sponsor, Syndetics Unbound. Gene and Willow, welcome to the show. Thanks, Steve. How you doing? Thanks for having us. Good. Um, so, ten years ago, back in episode two of this podcast, um, Gene, you were on the show with uh, your uh, previous partner Bill um, when you were doing the Unshelved comic, and that Correct. was episode two. And this is episode one o two or two o two. Two o two. Two o two. Okay. So it's been uh, quite a while. <laughs> um, and then well congratulations on 10 years of a podcast that's fantastic oh thank you and it's 10 years uh, the month that we're recording this so oh, that's great yay happy birthday uh, in november of 2016 um not only was there lots of horrible things that happened in the world that <laughs> changed american history but um the unshelled comic ended which is even bigger news i think in american history <laughs> you think so uh well you have a very very skewed view of american history sir <laughs> Um, can you tell listeners uh, why you decided to wind that one down and then start up a new comic? Um, I mean, Bill was Bill was pretty much done. Uh, I think probably six or nine months before that. And uh, Chris Hallbeck at that point was uh, drawing the comic, and Chris is Chris is just amazing. And I think that kind of brought something new to the comic. And we tried to write it together and just see if Bill would be happy with that. And that really wasn't working for Bill either. Bill went back to the tech industry um, and he kind of left things in my hands and it moved forward for a bit, but not in a way that Bill was very happy with. And so, you know, about, I think about August, uh, we decided that it was going to be finishing up and I started trying to figure out... um, what was going to happen after that. And I was working with Chris already. And so Chris and I decided to start library comic at that point. So, I mean, yeah, not a, not a huge amount of drama, but, um, (laughs) but it seemed, it seemed pretty, um, pretty natural, but uh, it was so strange to sit down and go like, okay, we've written the last unshelved comic now. And now, and then we had to like, Chris and I sat there and tried to come up with the characters and the, the library and kind of the pitch for this. And um, I think, you know, it, it, it was it was so strange to do that and then to try to get into a space to try to write something that wasn't unshelved for a while uh that was that was kind of the weirdest thing about the transition from from my perspective and 
you know, I, I really, um, I don't think we had the unshelved brand, the unshelved kind of tone for a couple of years anyway. So I tried to be easy on myself. And I feel like that's kind of how library comic has worked too. Like now I kind of think I understand it a little bit more and I'm writing to something that, you know, I, I feel like, oh, that's that's a library comic comic and not an unshelved comic per se. So, yeah. Um, and then even in the unshelved days, um, Willow, uh, you had been doing some of the book club art. Is that correct? Yes, I did a couple of strips at the very tail end, I would say, um, right after I got out of grad school. It was one of the first sort of gigs I got. Um, and those were a lot of fun. They were fantastic. So how, how did you two uh, find each other to to do those? Boy, um, so I did a graphic novel with Sophie Goldstein, um, who's an amazing cartoonist and who also went to the Center for Cartoon Studies, as well as did for grad school. And so I asked Sophie, I think, to help put me in touch with people who might be interested in doing a little bit of work for us basically the Unshelled Book Club comics. And then, what did, did you post it to a job board or something, Willow? Yeah, CCS has a, a forum that they, they just put up a whole bunch of job applications. Uh, I, I don't think Sophie herself did it. She did it through the sort of the proper channel. Um, but yeah, I got uh, information to you. I sent my portfolio along. You responded uh, along with... Um, uh, another student, John uh, Caraval. I can never say his name right. I feel bad. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I, yeah, I, I can picture his name, but it's like it's like it's almost written in Elvish for me. I can't. I don't know how to pronounce it. Which is funny because uh, him and I actually, before we went to Vermont and did and did school together, we actually lived not that far apart from each other. We didn't we never met or anything. It was just strange coincidence. Funny. And then and then Will, Willow came on and just knocked it out of the park, basically. So. And it's great that um, you guys, obviously, a little bit later, were able to work together now on Library Comic. No, it's been um, fantastic, yeah. But w- w- before we get to that, when you were making the transition, um, was it difficult for you to come up with new characters? And did you already made up kind of the stock, you know, quote-unquote, um, stereotypical kind of librarian characters <laughs> to come up with a whole new set of librarian characters who were not the same as the previous ones? Well, I have to, I have to preface this by saying my memory is terrible. Uh, so don't trust me on anything. Uh, and Chris and I sat down. My memory is that we both had a document with like kind of a list of characters in it, like how, you know, we're, we're approaching it from the characters first and we were kind of talking about what it was going to look like. And um, it was hard to try to integrate those lists together to figure out like, well, what from this list and what from that list? So we turned to Chris's list and then I feel like I integrated enough of the stuff or there was enough crossover plus pushing a little bit of stuff from my list to it, that that's how we kind of started off. And then it was, I don't know, it was, it was interesting. Like Chris's take, Chris's take was always that unshelved was kind of mean, um, which I, I kind of look back and I'm like, Oh, that is kind of mean. It's, it's a little bit, a little bit meaner than, than, uh, than library comic is. And I mean, it, it's, it's got kind of a biting humor. Right. Right. Well, I, I don't, I don't mean mean in a bad way. I think, I think, it's those things we always used to say it's the things we all want to say but if we did we get fired and 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 um i don't think i don't think library comic is exactly that and so it it fulfills a different need for people in terms of how it shows what's happening in libraries and and the customer service situations it explores but but i think that kind of that that view from chris kind of informed the approach to how we were 
bringing all the characters on board and how they were going to interact. And I think what's really what's really nice about it is we um, we probably created too many characters, too many staff characters. I still look at it sometimes, and I'm like, I just want to write Martin, who's the book guy, and uh, Jody, who is the the circulation kind of supervisor in the library, more or less, and who's who's largely in my mind based on my wife, who just says anything to anybody. Um, I always want to write those two, and so it's it's always a stretch to write other people. And I still have the document Chris and I worked out, and I I'm always going back to it to try to figure out who I haven't written for a while, and if there's something that I can have them some kind of interaction I can have them take part in that uh, where their character informs the action a little bit more. So, do, do you feel, do you feel like um, so after Chris um, Chris moved on to um, his own strips, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there was another artist um, in between. Um, Chris and Willow. Yeah, that was that, that. That was Pat Coleman. So, yeah. Do you feel like uh, the did the, the, the strip feel different to you in writing it with the different artists? Well, I mean, so I I can never uh, write the strip alone. Like 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 you know like uh, Bill and I used to talk about this too. Like the the shorthand is that I'm the writer and that the other person is the artist, and that's kind of how it works. But that's never it's never that easy. And with Chris and with Pat and then now with Willow, like I have to. There has to be a process in place where the artist has some input into the strips and can also say, like, I'm not drawing that. Like, I, I hate that idea. That doesn't work. It, it helps me because I write stuff that's just terrible all the time. And then Willow helps me fix it now. Right. Or whoever I'm working with helps me fix it. Uh, but it's like it's also like like Willow brings something different to the to the comic than Pat brought, than Chris brought. And, it, and it's not like it's not necessarily better or worse. It's just a very different kind of sensibility. And it makes the the scripts work in a different way. And so they need to be adjusted. Right. And, and I, I think, Hey, Willow, am I, am I writing scripts more that are more, you now? I, I don't even know. I, absolutely. I actually commented on this to my friends that, uh, last week, one of <laughs> it, it, sometimes it feels like the, the punchline has been pre willowized. Uh, I agree with that. <laughs> I, I don't, this is, a, I don't think this is a spoiler, uh, but there was a punchline, for one of the strips that I drew this week that was, hey, can you look in the Lost and Found for a steamed peanut? And I was so happy when I saw that one. I was like, yes, he, he, he's getting it. He's got Excellent. it now. And it wasn't spiders, which is our normal joke. Like, like, like every time I need to go full Willow, it's like spiders, just spiders in the comic. Willow loves to draw spiders, Steve. That's, that's well, what that's, we need to know. Well, it's not <laughs> that I love to draw spiders. Is that I, I love sort of bringing a chaotic energy to it. Like... Uh, I, I feel like library comic before I got to it. Uh, not that I've radically changed it, maybe a little bit. It's uh, it, it allows itself to be sort of pretty normal human interactions, and I just take a lot of humor in things that are just far more absurd. And so, anytime I can make the library fall apart in some way, you know, whether it's a wild dog has been let loose or. <laughs> You know, someone is uh, losing all their baby teeth over by the computers. I, I don't know. I, that makes me laugh. I have, a, I have a secret desire to fake my own death, just to leave it in your hands for a while to see what happens. <laughs> and then kind of, kind of, you know, come back to life in double quotes and, uh, and see what's going on. I, th- I think it'd be very exciting. But, you, but you've ruined it now because you just publicly. It's, yeah. It, so. Well, <laughs> you didn't, I, I, you didn't I, think I, this through. No, I just I just don't know how to fake my own death. I've considered it. I have no I have no good way to do it. I mean, if you want to do that, let me know, and I'll edit this part out. So. Excellent. All right, <laughs> jet skiing accident, something like that. Um, but before you got involved with this strip, um, Willow, did you have any experience with libraries working in them, or uh, just 
um, being in them as a, as a as a patron? A little bit. Um, I have very little experience, but um, in high school, I I did a summer of volunteering at a library to uh, get credits f- towards uh, a college scholarship, and so you know I. It's very basic shelving work, right? Just learning the the decimal system and, okay, this is where the large print books go. It was pretty standard. I did sort of memorize the names of, like, here's the here's the Nora Roberts books, and here's her writing is J.D. Robb. And I, I was paid attention to all of the books that were in heavily, heavy circulation around that time in my local area. Um, but I couldn't tell you anything about the sort of inner office politics of libraries or how frustrating it is to have to actually run one. The, the real question is, were you scarred for life? <laughs> no, not especially. I, oh. you know, there were some interesting characters of, of the other people who worked at the library and the other volunteers. And so I, I retained some of that. And are, are there any of the characters that you feel like Willow that you've kind of come to and are trying to make sort of more your own yeah i i don't think i've really succeeded but every time the character uh stephanie shows up i kind of feel like stephanie is my um my personal uh avatar into the library comic setting that she she is the most dour uh sort of aggressively anti-patron uh person working there Oh, do you think so? Oh, I got I, all right. I'm going to start writing that for you. <laughs> I, have to, I have to think about that because she's she's secretly like, uh, or not secretly, but quietly a picture book artist. Oh, and she's the most she's the most deadpan. So I think that would be easy to uh, willowize a little bit more. Maybe I, you know, I don't need that to be the case. I'm fine with the the cast setup the way it is. <laughs> but how can I not think that now? Now I'm, now I'm already writing down ideas. All right. Uh, and you mentioned earlier. Um, Martin is a favorite character of yours. Um, Gene, is there any other ones that sort of are, are more like you? <laughs> I mean, I, I think uh, I think Grant is probably the most like me. It's slightly techy, you know, uh, kind of appreciates the whole thing that's going on, but would rather just stand there in front of a computer and answer questions. Uh, not balding, but uh, <laughs> other than that, other than that, I'm right there with him. Um, and I started I started writing Grant's husband a little bit like my wife, which is 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 interesting because Grant's husband is the only spouse we see. Like we haven't really brought in the the characters' lives outside of outside of um, work very much. Although Jody's Jody's uh, daughter makes an appearance pretty soon, which we've referenced her kids before, and she's a single mom. And um, so maybe maybe those are directions where. I'm going because I see myself a little bit more, you know, in, the, in those characters and in their lives. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I think when I was flipping through some comics uh, prepping for this, I think there were some that had um, Jody's kids in it, or maybe maybe they weren't on on, cam- on screen, maybe, but they were kind of, she's yelling at them. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and we, finally, we finally see one of her daughters. Is that in one of the conference strips we did for this year, Willow? Yes, we did a conference. We also, very, uh, very recently, I drew one featuring her mother, Oh, right, which, right. Which is definitely not based on anyone's real life mother. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Perish the thought. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you mentioned um, just now conferences, and I was going to ask you about that. I know you, that was a big thing that you used to do all the time, Gene, was go to all, to all the library conferences and mm-hmm. um, 
obviously that those are not happening right now. Right. Um, have you been able to participate any in like the virtual conferences in any way? You know, I've tried, I've tried the virtual conferences a couple times and uh, they're not something that really works for me. Uh, it just doesn't like, like this is much more a meet and greet opportunity for, for me. This is, um, you know, put my shirts in front of people, put my stuff in front of people, show them what I'm doing uh, time. And also just like shake hands and hear stories and stuff. That That's what I go for. Uh, and we were all set, I think, last year. The last conference I went to was uh, PLA in Nashville, which was fantastic. It was right on the edge of just like everything shutting down. And I'm flying home and I'm going, oh, this doesn't feel safe anymore. What's what's going to happen? And we were all yeah, set for... I, I, uh, I was at that one too. So yeah. Oh, were you? It was weird, right? It was just, it didn't, it didn't feel strange. Mm-hmm. But, like I the music venues like... are going gangbusters and everybody's partying. And uh, you're like, in a week we're all going to be sick and die. Yeah. When, when I think about the fact that I was in rooms with like thousands of people, <laughs> right. Like, oh, I'm amazed we didn't all get COVID. Well, thousands of people who'd been around thousands of patrons who'd been around right, thousands right. of other people. Right. It was, it was like, it was very weird. Um, but then I was trying to get ready for, uh, for Texas. And I can't remember where Texas, the Texas library association conference was going to be that year. And um, Willow was going to come. That was going to be Willow's first library conference. Everybody's going to meet Willow. I was going to do some drawings and we were going to just, just meet people and hear stories. And then it just didn't happen. And then, uh, you know, everything kind of went virtual and here we are. So, I mean, we're making it work. Um, but I cannot wait for, I think, I think the first conference I'll probably be at next year is uh, PLA, which is in Portland, Oregon, which is close to home. I get to drive to it. So that's, that's fantastic. I, I also think like if it's, if it's small, like the first conference on shelves ever showed at was that, uh, I'll call it the SARS conference in Toronto. Back in the day, that was the first first place we ever took a, a book, first book we ever had, and uh, that worked out really well for us. You know, there was just a core group of library folks who were who were there, and so I think whatever happens in PLA is going to be kind of like that anyway. At least I'm hopeful. So. Well, I think on the record now we have Gene saying that SARS worked out really well for him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I didn't go. Uh, I, I I was not willing to travel. Uh, Bill went alone to that conference. Uh, oh, okay. So yeah, so it really worked out well for me. Um, no, you're just a SARS profiteer. It's a completely <laughs> different thing. I remember. I remember back in that day, like like I was really not not sure how um, the web comics thing was going to work, and we had this book, and uh, you know, I was like, who's gonna who's gonna buy this book? I don't understand. Like the comics are or online for free. And Bill was like, no, no, this is going to be no problem. People are going to totally buy this book. And that all happened. You know, you know what I mean? Like that's been, that's been a great model for us. And so, uh, yeah. Hello PLA. That's all I can say. And you've been, um, for, for your books, um, for quite a while now, you've been using Kickstarter for that. Um, can you talk about your experience with using Kickstarter and how well that's worked for you? Well, I haven't. So the, I've only done, uh, wow. Let's see. I've done two books that have succeeded on Kickstarter. I think we did the last unshelved collection and then we did the first library comic collection, which we just did this spring. And, um, you know, that, that was really nice. Like the last unshelved collection, we knew the, that things were kind of coming to a close, so to speak. And so, we didn't know how many to print and if, you know, if, if I was going to keep doing conferences or, or what the deal was. So we didn't know how many to order. And um, like for kick, like kick, the beauty of Kickstarter more than anything else is just that you get to order what you need and you can order a few extra if you, if you feel like it. 
and you're pre-sold and everything works out. So that was, from that perspective, it's been great. Um, and then for the library comic collection, kind of same thing. Like I haven't done a book in boy, four or five years now. And, uh, it's arguably kind of a, a best of collection. Like we let the Kickstarter folks, if you pledge the Kickstarter, you got to vote on what was in the book, which was great. I mean, that really worked out because I was having a hard time narrowing down like what, which strips I wanted in the book. And so having everybody's help uh, figuring that out was fantastic. And Willow and Chris came in and kind of gave me their favorites as well. And so, so in terms of putting a book together, it's been, um, it's been great. But for everything else, like for my weirder projects, it's definitely better, right? Like, like I have no idea, like if anybody's interested in this, in the strange idea that I have, like um, what was the last time we did like um, the library tarot or like the read something cards, like, like the read something readers advisory cards. Like, I just don't know what the market is for that. Like I believe in it enough to invest time and a little bit of money in it. Like having Willow do some drawings, you know, um, like in having, in having to put together the Kickstarter, like it's not, that's not nothing. Right. But, but trying to figure out what to order for any of that stuff is so, so difficult. Um, just knowing that I'm going to be the one selling it at shows and off my website and whatnot. So I'm just amazed that, uh, people are as interested as, as, uh, I am in some of these ideas, like, like the library, um, the motorcycle jacket patches are so funny to me. Like every time I see my friend, Mike roll up in one, uh, in, in his patches, like on his jacket, like it just makes me laugh. It makes me laugh so hard. I'm like, that was, that was my crazy idea. Right. So yeah. well, I, I have, I have my Lego card catalog on my desk at works. So. Oh, excellent. Excellent. That, yeah, I'm still, I'm still making a few of those like every once in a while. So, uh, that's been fun. And, um, the last few Kickstarters I've offered, like kind of as complete a set of all the stuff I've made on Kickstarter as I can at that point. And so that's always, it's always a weird, like, thing like wow what do i have of the things i've ordered what, what can i still put in a box for somebody and the box just keeps getting heavier and heavier and heavier which is great so and um willow you provided some of the art for the tarot cards all the art i all of the art for the tarot yes i have drawn the tarot deck and if those of you if you want to look at the show art for this episode that is um willow's work <laughs> um, <laughs> right drawings of gene and willow <laughs> But, but like, I feel like, I feel like that was like the crucible for you, Willow. Maybe it wasn't, but like, I was like, here's this, here's this crazy thing, this this weird idea I have. And like, it's kind of got to be half this style, half your style. And then it's got to work in all these insane bits of detail that I have in my mind. And it has to be in that tarot card style-ish, you know, look like it's a tarot card. (laughs) That was, that was the hardest part was trying to discern, like, what does a tarot card look like? Because on some level, it's just like, well, you know, the originals aren't amazing drawings, right? And I'm sure they were made using very primitive tools uh, for print production purposes. So, you know, it's like, well, how do you how do you emulate that on a tablet, right? And and a lot of it is is just about how stark they look, right? There's you know one or two colors at the most. It was a real challenge. And then there's like, there's like safe areas. There's like areas you can't put important details inside. You have to put all the important details inside a certain area in case the cards shift during printing. And, um, and then you have me going, we need a lizard man head right here and a flat earth globe. <laughs> <laughs> like these are details. Also, I need a picture of Melville Dewey, not quite Melville Dewey, but recognizable as maybe him in a card catalog. <laughs> and I just, I'm just imagining Willow rolling her eyes going, is this never, is this ever going to end? Well, that was the most interesting. It was the most interesting part, I think, of the the tarot deck was 
how you felt it was really important to take the original sort of alchemical symbols and then translate them as best you could into things that librarians would recognize. So, you know, the one that really gets me is like, all right, well, somebody is like kneeling by a pond, but the pond is made of letters, just like actual English alphabet letters that are, you can tell are somehow made liquid and it's being poured. The the person has to have like a really happy look on their face and looking up at this deity like figure who is giving them the liquid letters. And I just be like, okay, well, I understand that this makes sense to you. I can't guarantee that this will make sense to anybody at all. Oh, I love those cards so much. Uh, uh, timing wise, uh, was Willow already already doing library comic at this point, or was this before she took it back over? I can't remember. Willow, do you know? No, I did the I did the tarot card deck before, but it was it was that's this summer will have, have been two years now that I've been doing library comic. Well, actually, we just we just passed your two year anniversary, I think. Maybe it might be next month or this month. Yeah, I'm not sure, um, but yeah, we because we did did that in the spring of that year of uh, 2019, I guess. Yeah, I think Pat didn't have the bandwidth for that somehow. Like, like uh, I think I think Pat was doing the comic at that point, but uh, but passed on being able to do that. So yeah, yeah, I think that that sounds right. In this trip, um, like I said, you used to um, do the the unshelled book club strips and then there's still book reviews um going on in this not in the strip i guess anymore but um gene is still writing book reviews and uh you also have book reviews in a podcast <laughs> called Bookstabber, or i guess it's sort of book reviews <laughs> you both read the same book and then talk about it and other assorted topics <laughs> I, I would up. say that the books get reviewed by the end of it <laughs> I was, yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a, a book review, but it's some, it's a book something. It's a book recommendation podcast, I think, technically. Or an anti-recommendation podcast, depending on, on who you are. What made you guys want to start doing that? Oh, my God. So <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be talking about something that I watched often or something that I read. It, it, most often it's what I watched. Would you agree with that, Willow? Yeah, we talk a lot about movies and just random stuff when we go over strips. And and uh, I like a lot of things Willow doesn't. Is that fair enough, Willow? Yeah, that's it's correct. <laughs> and so, so in the best the best days, I like Willow would present me with these rants about something I love, and uh, it just it, she just makes me laugh so hard <laughs> as she goes off on something. What, what, what's what's a movie that you really hated that I like, Willow? I'm trying to think. Uh, the Descendants is the one that always comes oh, back to mind. The Descendants, right? The George Clooney movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, one of my favorite films of all time. <laughs> but Willow doesn't just hate it. Willow has sat through it. <laughs> she and, and and unlike me, like I have, I have like my mind is like a sieve. Willow's mind is is really a trap. Willow watched it, hated it, and remembers every detail. Can quote dialogue from it remembers exactly the moments where where the performance lost her why she hates the kids why she hates the woman dying in the bed do, do you know what i mean it's 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 outstanding and so i i know what it was last year i read i read the descendants for the first time i had never read the book i had just watched the movie again i thought oh i have to it's finally time to read this book and i read it and i just loved the book and i was telling you about it and your your response was to tell me how much you hated the movie <laughs> I can't speak towards the book. The book might be good. Probably isn't, but it could be. I don't think you'd enjoy the book. We're, we're not going to ever read the book for Bookstabber. 
Unless you lose a bet. That'll, um, we'll start a Patreon for it, and we'll make that a goal if we make enough money. Oh, my gosh. We'll read the Descendants. <laughs> now I want you to read it, kind of. I definitely read it again. It'd be no problem. But but so 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 uh, I think I think your idea was to start the podcast, Willow. Is that right? Yeah, I you know because I think that we could just always be doing more stuff in general, and you know I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I think the best ones just tend to be two friends shooting the shit about uh, something, and you know they just have to be interesting, have an interesting conversation regardless of what it's actually about. Um, but Gene was like, well, we can't really do something unless it's about books. It's got everything always has to be about books. And I understand why, you know, the brand. Exactly. And so we we settled on uh, this was our compromise was we would do a podcast, but it had to be about books. I, I think inevitably we're going to start talking about other stuff that we're watching and uh, listening to and whatnot as well. But um, but so far, books has worked out pretty well. Um, yeah. like The first episode was uh, on A Wizard of Earthsea, which... I mean, it's it's my favorite book of all time, and um, I I kind of went into it knowing that Willow was going to probably trash it, and then she didn't. So I was I was like a little relieved and a little disappointed. And I think I, I think she went a little easy on it because she she found out it was my favorite book. Like as we went into the podcast, no, I wouldn't go easy on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there are books that you love that I it's it's I never take your feelings into consideration. <laughs> If, if anything, my opinion of you lessens every time I discover that you like one of these terrible books. One of my, my own mother just read one of these bad books because I had it lying around because I was trying to get rid of these books that I bought for the podcast. And she just asked me if I had the second book in the series. I was like, no, no. You, 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 can, say, you can say what it was. You can say what it was. It's okay. Yeah, it was uh, The Blade Itself by Joe Abercrombie. Which is a fantastic the, book, Steve. It, it's a fantastic book if you love bad books. Yes, that's fine. And uh, I'm if you ashamed. Have horrible taste. It's a good book. I'm ashamed that my mother, who I love, who is dear to me, uh, <laughs> apparently enjoys it. Although I'll say this, uh, she didn't give a glowing review of it. I think she, because she reads a lot of books just to be reading something, and so it was. It, it, she found it rather easy to get through, which I did not, frankly, just because it's laborious and how little happens in it and how the characters are all the same character copy and pasted and have no intrinsic value unto themselves it, it, it's a fantasy novel and it's about the beginning it's about the beginning of the quest the whole book is just the beginning of the quest and, and you so never it, find it, out what that quest is you don't it's beautiful it's putting the party together it's really it's a focus on characters and their voices and if you hate them as willow does i can understand why this isn't the book for you but it, it kind of turns it kind of turns the fantasy novel on its head just a little bit, just enough for me. Delightful. Oh yeah, no one's ever done a postmodern dark fantasy novel before. What a new idea! No one's right, ever right exactly. Invented... Ab- Abercrombie was the first. That's all I'm. Ta- that's what I keep telling uh-huh. you. Yeah, after yeah, yeah. years and years of Tolkien, <laughs> no one's ever <laughs> took those those archetypal characters and said, "But what if they had problems of their own?" Yeah, no, completely original. <laughs> I, it, we find odd moments of agreement. Like we recently, in, in talking about, uh, uh, we're talking about Piranesi when we started talking about A24 movies. Uh, no, we were talking about uh, The Cabin at the End of the World and talked about A24. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah you didn't read that one. That's why. No, no, no. But uh, but we realized we both liked the movie The Lobster. Somehow we 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 have agreement that we both like that, that Colin Farrell movie The Lobster. 
where he's gone to a hotel to find love or be turned into a lobster. Somehow, this is our point of agreement. So I, I, think, I Well, something that I've noticed is I think we agree on certain things being good, but there, our reasons why are so radically different. Uh, so we, we talked about this was a, an episode that we decided wasn't very entertaining, um, but we talked about a graphic novel, Black Hole by Charles Burns. But I was like, this is a great horror it's body horror it's it's got really incredible art and i think that uh the the story is is fascinating in it in a lot of ways and gene you're like well it's not really scary it's not really horror it's a coming of age story and then i talked to my friend who is like really sensitive to horror and she was like it is absolutely horror like what are you talking about that there, <laughs> there is not a way to interpret that book as anything less than a horror story it's just Seattle in the mid '80s. I'm telling you, and it, it, it takes place a couple blocks from my house. I mean, it's, it's yeah. And people just grow new limbs all the time and have their brains blown out. That's not weird. That's not. That's perfect. what hap- That's what happens here. I don't know what happens where you're at. I mean, you tell me Florida's not weird. I mean, come on. Slice of life. <laughs> if somebody started growing new special limbs in Florida, you know, I would. Uh, th- th- maybe my opinion would change. I'll grant you that. <laughs> Do you guys have any uh, other projects that you're working on, uh, like uh, other comics that you're working on or anything else? Well, so we did a thing uh, briefly called Barbarian Girl, uh, the burning blade of the Badlands. And that's I I like to think of it as on hiatus. I think I think Willow thinks of it as as uh, incomplete. Is that fair, Willow? I mean, I think for what it is, it's fine. I it would be nice to return to it. Part of me thinks that if we were to return to it, I would have to redraw the existing part. Um, but, well, that was kind of, you know, that was before I started working on Library Comic. Like, that was the thing that we did together. Oh, yeah, we were, to- we were, to- we were totally doing that. We were working on that when um, when the tarot card thing came up, right? I forgot right. about that. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I would love for I would love for that to be a thing. I would love for that comic to be read by more people and enjoyed... Um, I hope that somehow we can get an audience for it. Actually, a bunch of people I've noticed, I've been getting all these Facebook notifications that people are liking the page on Facebook, but I, I'm pretty sure they're all bots. Well, and I, I had the idea that I had written the script for the third part of it. I know the second part was done yeah. in, in the can and then you were drawing it. And then at some point I just, I lost the thread and I, I had sent you kind of notes, but I hadn't really ever written a detailed script. And then you were like... <laughs> Gene, you haven't actually written the script yet. That's right. Yeah, you were like, "Can we move forward on this?" And I was like, "We have, we have like ten pages of vague notes. <laughs> like, all right, they're on a space station. There's a lot of lasers being shot, and uh... oh, I know, I know. I, I never, I never solved the kind of the heist dilemma in the third part either. Like, what? That's what I think of it as. And so, yeah, I've, I gotta go. I gotta like a cabin in the woods for a while, and uh, I just take a pen and a piece of paper, and then return with notes I can't read, and then write it from those those notes, those non-existent notes. I don't know. And Willa, you th- do you think your style has changed too much? Is that, that, that why you want to go back and um, redraw? Yeah, it's well, it's not even style. Like, you know, I I have a hard time talking about style because I am not convinced that I actually have a an innate style that is me. I. I borrow a lot of stuff and I am constantly like, okay, well this comic I will now draw completely differently. Like it's, I have to focus on any one drawing to give it any kind of style. But um, I mean, I do think my skill has increased that I've become better at, at many art. And, and there's a lot of drawings that 
I from years ago, it doesn't even have to be that long, it can be one or two years ago, that I'll look at and I'll say, oh, I thought that drawing was fine <laughs> when I did it, and now I can see everything is wrong with it. I don't know I don't know why I was convinced that it was okay. Probably because I was tired and it was 3 a.m. in the morning and I didn't want to work on it any longer. Well, I think I think that's probably just the curse of the artist to always look back at your older stuff and <laughs> see see the flaws that are in it. Absolutely. It, it, it's very uh it's very strange to hear Willow talk about her drawings being like bad like drawings that i love right L- like i love the style of barbarian girl i, I like i love l- like there's different styles um in library comic even you can see over the two years like like shifts and you know like they all look great to me um but yeah i don't like as we talk about it a little bit more um maybe that's the thing that just pushes you to develop your skill do you think so well i think it's easy to fall into a rut right i think it's very easy to become complacent with something and i don't think that i don't think that's terribly healthy for any artist um and so i i want library comic to i want it to look good and you know sometimes i look at ones i'm like well okay i I, this i made a lot of safe choices uh like that's what i'm kind of doing right now is i'm trying to make it more weird i'm trying to make it provoking visually um which is probably going to not be great for a lot of people, but I hope I hope the fans understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it helps to be just to challenge yourself all the time, and that, that that's what keeps the artistic spirit kind of going. I think. Right. It's not a you know I could force myself to draw, uh, try to make every library comic look like an oil painting, or try to look like a a 19th century uh engraving or something and that would take a lot of time and effort and it's probably not worth it but also it's it's weird because i sometimes i feel like i'm the only person who cares about what the comic looks like that honestly i think the audience uh like they see it as like well this is just a means to convey the thing to me um you know we don't get a lot of comments on whether or not the comic looks good or bad one way or another they're just like or even if the joke is funny they're often just like I have seen that happen at a library. Yes, this is accurate to my experience. And, you know, that tells me a lot about who are the people that are reading this comic time and again. But also it's kind of freeing to know that they don't, a lot of them don't seem to care about the quality of the art one way or another. I mean, until I royally screw up and then they'll, maybe then they'll tell me. Maybe I've just been fine this whole time. Not enough, not worth comment. Well, I, I think they do care, but I think I think it's that great invisibility thing, right? About about comics, where you just kind of you're not concentrated on any on any given panel very much. You're really just like absorbing it. You know, you know what I mean. And so, like they they've noticed. I think the the audience notices a little bit more when there's a major shift, or when when there's the perception of a major shift. Uh, but it's always fascinating to me too that people aren't aren't watching what you're doing more closely. So. Well, it's it's also strange for me being the third person to work on this comic strip and have to be like, okay, well, you know, there was a couple times that I just did guest strips uh, while Pat was the main artist. Um, and, you know, I was like, okay, well, do I draw it to look like Pat stuff? Do I draw it to look like something I would do? And, you know, I I uh, I drew it closer to uh, what Chris Halbeck would have drawn, I thought. Um, but... You know, I I can never outlive that. Like, I didn't get to design these characters, right? Like, at most, I've gotten to change some of their haircuts over time, which I always do with Jane's <laughs> permission. And I always kind of worry about it. Like, is it okay if I do? You know, I think I've ch- changed Jody's hair twice now, maybe maybe even three times. 
Yeah. Well, we did that. We did that fiends of the library thing, which I think you had a lot of fun with. Right. That was, I mean, well, that was kind of my pitch was I just wanted to draw a bunch of monsters. It was originally an idea for a, a whole different comic strip uh, that could be sort of a spinoff. But uh, I don't I after eventually I decided that, like, well, this this probably doesn't warrant being its own thing. This could just be Halloween strips for library comic, which is what it, it is now. Spiders, lots of spiders. Can you tell the listeners what that what that series of strips is? So it's set in a it, it it is set in a library that is run by and inhabited by and patronized by monsters like dragons and minotaurs and spider people and you know mummies all the classic and and whatever weird thing that we want to so it's sort of an excuse to indulge a lot of the things that I'm into that are darker or just absurd. Uh, but there is still a core of, you know, library humor. And, and part of the humor is taking putting these weird creatures in a mundane situation and the interplay between that. Yeah, the, the manager is a uh, Gorgon, right? Yes. And and they've just hired a uh, an employee who may or may not be a human. So it kind of went from there. But it ran, it ran last uh, last October in library comic, um, just as kind of a replacement strip. And I think we might do it again. I'm, I've been kind of thinking about writing some more strips in that, in that world. So maybe that'll become an October thing. I don't know. Just kind of a, a break, but, uh, are there enough monsters in the library? So who are some of your favorite, um, web comic creators out there today? Like who do you get inspiration from I, either one of you, both of you? This is a great Willow question. I'm a well honestly I'm afraid to say because I've had such a strange relationship with web comics now. I in high school, well even before high school, even like in middle schools when I started reading them because they were new and you know, I've always loved comics and being there sort of at the beginning of web comics was was really huge and throughout high school it felt like that was sort of high school and college for me was sort of the golden age where everyone thought this was going to take over, it was going to be this huge thing, and, and there were so many incredible comics being produced. And it, honestly, it feels like a lot of them have disappeared. I don't, like I, All of these people are working in some capacity, but they that sort of constant schedule of comics being posted, like, like a newspaper comic, that, but you could sort of pick them all a card and follow the ones that you've fancied. Like, I, 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 it's weird because I knew about Gene and I knew about Unshelved when I was in high school. He, I've told him that once and your reaction was just like, you can't believe it. It's too weird. Um, but, I, but, but I did know who you were. And so I, in some weird way, I feel like I have become the part of the, the legacy of this. I don't want to call it a dying art form because I know that it isn't, but it also is so different than what I remembered that, you know, now everything has become these sort of comics about anxiety on Facebook and Reddit and they're fine, but they, they like, I miss the, the long story arcs and the really like involved character lives. Uh, it's, it's so different. And so anyway, I don't know that I want to name drop anyone. (laughs) The the, the only one I'll name drop is, uh, John Allison, whose work I'm, I'm kind of discovering, uh, these days, like, like, I encountered Scary Around way back in the day, but um, didn't really didn't really follow it. But I've really fallen in love with his work 
uh, kind of starting with Bad Machinery and going on to Giant Days. Uh, he did a thing for Dark Horse recently called um, Steeple, which I really, really liked. And there's a Giant Days spinoff called Wicked Things, which was funny. So, like, if, if, you, if you're looking for webcomics to read, John Allison publishes some stuff on his, uh, on his website once in a while, which is bobbins.horse. Uh, great URL. And, um, and uh, his books are always worth reading, so... Well, I hope if you ever um, do a strip where a patron comes in to do a podcast that you you have somebody to model it on now. Right? Can, <laughs> yeah, you had an idea like for a strip these. you were going to pitch us, right? What, what was your idea I for did, a strip? Did you figure it out? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot you written it. Should have written it down. <laughs> Isn't that just always the way? Yeah, that's why I carry a little notebook in my pocket. But uh, you're going to think of it. You're going to think of it in a day or two. And then if I think of it, I'll, I'll send it to you and... Don't hesitate. We'll, we'll, listeners, will keep an eye out and see, <laughs> see if I remember. And I'll, make, I'll make a pitch, or too. I guess, or I guess if it's funny enough to, or Gene doesn't go, oh. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have – I have a friend, uh, the guy who was my model um, for, the, for the motorcycle jacket patch photos. Um, he's, always, he's always pitching, like, T-shirt ideas and, and uh, strip ideas to me. <laughs> and they, let's say they require a little adjustment. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> So that's always fun, but but no, seriously, like like send me send me the idea, and anybody else out there who's got a library story they'd love to see in a comic, like please send them to me as well. Just geneambom at gmail dot com, it all gets to me. Or there's like there's links on uh, librarycomic dot com as well for uh, for how to contact us. As, as your legal counsel, please don't. That's always the worst. Is <laughs> when you because someone's gonna sue you. Like I sent you an idea and you ripped it off. You didn't give me credit. Ah uh, no no no, I I, I I'm always very clear. I'm always very clear that I'm going to take your idea and change it till it's something that's uh, probably not even recognizable, uh, but but set it in a library. So, I know you used to, you used to do that a lot in the unshelved days too, of just taking stories from people, and you'd get at your talks and stuff that come up at you afterwards and <laughs> tell you, well, this patron did this, this patron right. did that, and... right? Well, I, I always ask though. I always ask if uh, people are okay with me using it as a, as a as a as a comic, and people usually are very gracious about that. So some people sometimes they're like, "No, this will get me fired." Some people recognize that, and I'm always like, "Okay, like I'm not touching that one at all." Hopefully, I haven't internalized it now to the point where I'm going to write a comic on it anyway in five years and think it was my idea, but we'll see. <laughs> so, well, um, thank you both for bringing some laughter into the library world. Not that we're dour <laughs> all the time anyway but um it's it's nice to have some humor kind of targeted right toward what you what what, what we know <laughs> so. well it's, it's still a lot of fun to write so so thanks man but uh yeah i don't think there's any any shortage of stories out there at all so well if people want to get in touch with you guys how can they do that i know Jeannie just gave your email but yeah uh just go to librarycomic.com you know uh my contact info is all over the website uh willow has a great tumblr is that is that your main social media? Uh, yeah, it's okay. Nobody has to interact with me. <laughs> if you post, if you post, if you post a comment to the library comic Instagram, I'll probably read it. Well, and you can like like basically, we're we're still looking for um, book suggestions for things that Willow will like potentially uh, for the Bookstabber podcast. And you can, this is true. You can email us at bookstabberpodcast at gmail.com. It's our intent to say who suggested a book. And, and so if you send in a suggestion, just send us a brief description, like a kind of a brief pitch for it and why you think Willow will like it. Um, I'm, I'm picking things I'm pretty sure that I'm going to like and that I'm hoping Willow does like. So uh, 
you know, th- th- those are the only criteria. Uh, there's a little more info about Willow uh, on the website as well. If you haven't, if you haven't listened to a Bookstabber podcast, you can certainly get uh, a lot of Willow through that as well. And when you're going to make comments on the Instagram, make sure you comment on the art so Willow knows what you think of the art. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thanks for having us, man. Yep. Thank you so much. All right. Later. Circulating Ideas is produced in the suburbs of Atlanta. Views expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of my place of work or the place of work of guests. For past interviews, visit circulatingideas.com and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or your podcast app of choice. And help others find the show by leaving a rating or a review. To learn more about this episode's guest, sign up for the Circulating Ideas newsletter. You can find the link in the show notes or on the site. Theme music is by Pamela Klicka, and the logo is by Shandy Fry. Thank you for listening, and keep circulating your ideas. Thanks again to Synthetics Unbound from ProQuest and Library Thing for sponsoring today's episode. Visit them on the web at synthetics.com.